0: Welcome to the Sooners Extra Midweek Edition. I'm Ryan Aber, joined by uh, Justin Martinez and uh, Barry Trammell. Here, uh, hopefully, we can get Barry on as a speaker. Here, uh, we're going to look back at OU Kansas State. What went wrong for the Sooners there? What it means uh, for OU moving forward, and then uh, also look ahead uh, to Saturday's game, Barry. We'll start with you, since uh, we didn't uh, have you on after the game on Saturday. Uh, we we saw the defensive issues, and and especially when it, as it relates to angles and and pursuit and uh, positioning. How surprising was
1: that to you? You know, given what we'd
0: seen to this point from the defense,
1: I was uh, surprised, along with everybody else. I'd sort of been sucked into the confidence that. You know things had changed with with Brent Venables, and I mean I don't have any doubts that he's a great coach and he's going to change the defensive culture. But the truth is, um, the OU schedule was was fairly weak. Uh, Nebraska is not very good. Kent is probably the best team OU's played, um, and then when you look at uh, the OU talent, you know one of these one of those teams on the field had six all Big 12 preseason players on it, and the other one had one, and the one with one, it was the punter, and the one with the one punter was Oklahoma, not Kansas State. So, you know, we, we sort of took our eye off the ball. Um, OU doesn't have the top-shelf talent defensively, particularly, that you need to stop big-time offenses and, or even small-time offenses because K-State hadn't been doing anything. So – um, I think we just got sort of sucked into the into the coaching change and those kinds of things that happen everywhere. And the truth is, OU is going to have to get a lot better players on defense to get this thing turned around.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. They uh, certainly don't have the depth, particularly at linebacker. When you look at uh, you know what went on the other day, the struggles of. Uh, David Agwebu and uh, Danny Stutzman, in particular, didn't use a ton of players. Um, it looks like uh, they they used 22 players on defense, and and Stutzman and Agwebu played every one of the uh, 85 snaps there. Uh, uh, two other guys played, or uh, two other guys played every snap defensively. Deshaun White, another linebacker, and uh, Billy Bowman. Uh, Back there, Justin, how much concern do you have about this linebacker group in particular moving forward? Especially when you look at Saturday against uh, a TCU team that has a a pretty successful mobile quarterback themselves in Max Dugan and one who probably uh, you know has looked better throwing than Adrian Martinez uh, to this
1: point.
2: Yeah, it's definitely concerning. I mean, there's plenty of guys at the linebacker spot that have showed promise for OU. Um, you know, they've had some guys with us. The young guys like like Jaron Knack has also showed some promise. Guys like Danny Stutzman have shown some promise. But they've also, you know, shown some flaws. They've shown some some youth and, and relative inexperience. Um, you know, then you guys have you got guys like Deshaun White, who are still figuring out their role at the cheetah position. Um, so there's definitely concern. I mean, it's just it's just a matter of consistency with them getting these, uh, getting more experience, and you know we're we're starting to see some of those growing pains from them so far this season.
0: Yeah, Barry, should we be surprised that that we see these kind of growing pains given one everything they lost off of last year's defense that wasn't uh, you know particularly effective uh, o- overall. And two, just the fact that Brent Venables and and Ted Roof are changing so much on the defensive side and they've, you know, barely been able to uh, bring in uh, their own guys over there. Were were we just sort of too sucked in by, you know, the successes of the first three weeks against, like you mentioned, you know, uh, opponents that weren't exactly uh, setting the world on fire? Yeah,
1: I mean, this is something we talked about up until August. This is a team uh, that last year had a had a, what I would call a mediocre defense. It was mid-level Big 12, probably the fifth best defense in the Big 12. And they had a decent amount of talent. Five guys in, have gone to the NFL draft uh, or went in, were selected in the NFL draft. It's not like Brent came in and, and uh, put the uh, transfer portal into overdrive. He brought in a couple of transfers, guys from North Carolina and Wyoming, Tulane, but this is mostly the same the same guys they were playing with last year, except the top level is gone. So, um, yeah, Brent's a superior defensive coach to what we've been seeing in Norman for several years. Um, but the change in in uh, in scheme is a little. There's a learning curve there. And it's just, you know, just, it, the, the optimism that everybody showed uh, or everybody felt was, was misplaced. And um, now, no doubt about it, they caught, Kansas State caught lightning in, in a bottle. Adrian Martinez himself admitted it, said, This is the best game I ever played. We saw him play last year for Nebraska, and he was very good on Owen Field. He played an excellent game. I came away thinking, This guy's a lot better than I thought. Nebraska scored 16 points, so um, he played. He played a game for the ages, but the but the uh, potential problem here is that the thing that really carved up the Sooners a quarterback out there running around in space that can happen again. It could happen Saturday. Max Dugan, very good scrambler, very good runner. Uh, Oklahoma State Spencer Sanders is a premier Spencer Sanders. Is a way better version of Adrian Martinez, Jalen Daniels, who's going to win the Heisman Trophy for the Kansas Jayhawks. He's upcoming in a couple of weeks, so this is a this is a, going to be a continuing problem. And it's not like Brent can sub out his linebackers. He can't go find new linebackers to chase these guys. So I think it's a I think it's a potential problem. I think OU is going to have to outscore people uh, most weeks in the Big 12, which means same old, same old for the Sooners.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned not being able to uh, sub out with those guys. I mentioned the snap count uh, totals earlier uh, for the linebackers. All of those guys playing every single one of those eighty-five snaps on Saturday. We didn't see Jaron connect defensively. The really the one young linebacker who's uh, shown some promise. Uh, you know, we didn't see uh, some of those other guys. Not uh, too unexpected to hear Brent Venables say today that you know, we wouldn't see uh, the the freshman Kobe McKenzie and, and Kip Lewis out there in all likelihood this season. They're sort of a uh, break glass in case of emergency type guys. Uh, just especially, you know, I think McKenzie, especially, they feel really good about moving forward, but was a guy who didn't get here till late, was a little bit banged up and and just is sort of behind. Uh, but, you know, you look at that depth chart and, and there's not a whole lot uh, to go with. You know, they've got uh, behind a they have a a walk-on and a freshman in, in Jake McCoy and Jaron Connect. Uh you know, they got Shane Witter uh there at the the weak side spot. Um and and then uh really Connect is is Deshaun White's backup at Cheetah. We found that out a couple of weeks ago, but Justin Harrington they they roll him in uh in certain situations and um it, it's just gonna be something that they're gonna have to sort of uh band-aid together but uh, they're, they're going to have to figure it out because, like, like Barry said, you know, they're going to face a lot of really good mobile quarterbacks, including this week. Max Dugan has, uh, you know, three 100-plus yard games. Had almost 100 yards against the Sooners in 2019, and then they've got uh, some other strong ones uh, coming up behind that. But uh, Justin, to you, what do what do you make about the way that this team seems to have responded? And obviously it's early. We won't really start finding out uh, anything concrete until Saturday. But what do you make about the way this team so far has responded to this loss? Well, you know, they're saying the right
2: things. Uh, Key Lawrence, we got to talk to him yesterday, and he was saying that, you know, in in a way he's almost glad that they they lost that game this early in the season because they needed to get humbled, that they kind of got ahead of themselves um so that's something that you like to hear is that you know they're understanding that hey okay we kind of we didn't show up to play and this is what happens when we don't show up to play especially in a in a conference like the big 12 where you know nothing is is guaranteed for sure especially this season um you know we talked to other guys like jaleel farouk who was saying that you know going into this season they really prided themselves on having kind of that underdog mentality just with you know the whole coaching change and all the guys who left they really embraced that and He says they kind of lost that when they got those first few wins and now they kind of feel that that hunger again, you know, Uh, a little bit of that edge to them. So, you know, that's when this team is going to be at its best when it has that edge, when it's when it's playing with a little extra intensity. Um, And just from from what they're saying, you know, we haven't gotten to to see practice. But from what they've said so far, it sounds like they're starting to get back to that mentality.
0: Yeah, and uh, Barry, uh, it was interesting to talk to some of the players yesterday, especially uh, I believe Reggie Grimes talked about it a little bit more in depth than the other guys. Got a chance to talk to Deshaun Watson a little bit, or Deshaun Watson. Did it again. Uh, Deshaun White, uh, more about it. Uh, But the way, the different way this coaching staff has handled this loss versus what they've had in the past, and they talked about the sort of Uh, the way that these coaches have have treated it, one, is unacceptable the way that they played and and doing everything they can to make sure that doesn't happen again. But they said the style that they've done it with is much different from what they've experienced the last couple of years. And it's more about, hey, let's use this to figure out what to do moving forward versus, you know, I can't believe you did that. Uh, on, on this play or that play or or, or whatever, it's uh, they, they said it's a more positive
1: uh, uh, approach. We'll see how that p- plays out. But Barry, what do you make of that? Oh, I tend to make of it just it's always easy to dump on the people who are gone. Um, you know, when, when when you talk about oh, every team that has a good year, to always talks about the new chemistry and all that stuff. I mean, here's the deal: oh, um, well, you can't tackle, oh, well, you got beat because they couldn't tackle Adrian Martinez in space. And I don't know what attitude's going to have to do. The, the only people that can fix that the rest of this year is Venable's and his coaches with scheme. I got to figure out a way to put these guys in position where they where they don't have to tackle those guys in space. Um, and I don't know if you can do it because the other teams. Trying to do exactly that, but I don't. I tend to disregard all this talk about, oh, you know, the the attitude and uh, the desire and the chemistry and all that stuff. It comes down to who can make plays and, and who can get things done. And uh, I don't. Uh, the problem, the problems. Oh, you have. Oh, you has right now defensively can't be fixed without an infusion talent. So. To me, if anything happens, it's got to be on the defensive scheme. I actually thought OU's defensive coaches got out schemed by K State quite a bit, just because of of uh, Chris Kleiman and that bunch were able to to maximize the abilities of Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn. And um, you know Tulane the previous Saturday shut down the Cats pretty well. And uh, OU doesn't have great talent on the defensive side, but I promise you it's better talent than the Green Wave has. So I think a lot of this is, is falls on the shoulders of the, of the defensive coaches to to uh, rally the troops, not in any kind of mental way, not in any kind of accountability way, but you got to get them lined up to where they have a chance at success.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm uh, – it- I agree with you, what you said about being out scheme there. Um, we saw Kansas state really take out uh, Reggie Grimes and Ethan downs in particular out of the game. Those guys played a ton, didn't do much uh, as far as production. And it, it, that's because they, Kansas state made it, made it an effort specifically to uh, get those guys out of the way and, and make, the linebackers, uh, make the plays for OU, and when it was Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn versus David Agwebu and Danny Stutzman, it generally went the Wildcats way, so uh, Barry, how much of a, uh, a blueprint uh, can, can that be for teams that the Sooners are, are going to face, especially like we mentioned with so many quarterbacks who have uh, you know, not exact same skill sets, but
1: similar skill sets to what Adrian Martinez possesses. Well, it can help. Now, Kansas State, have been running the quarterback for 30 years, 25 years, and giving people fits. So, K-State's uniquely situated to do some of this. They don't run the air, you know, TCU runs an air raid. Sonny Dykes uh, is straight out of the, the Mike Leach family. So, I don't, I, they're not the power uh, tradition K State has. Oh, it's not. It, it's not going to be a, a makeover for TCU. Hey, let's do what the Cats did. They can't. That's not the kind of personnel they have or the scheme they have. But there are ways. Uh, it, it gives. It, it turns the light bulb onto people. Um, you know, you talked about taking downs and, and grimes out of the game. It's nothing different than what we see in the NBA all the time, where coaches identify matchups and say, hey, we can attack that guy. Uh, you know, we're in the pick and roll and whatever, and if they, they're going to switch, blah, 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 we got what we want. They identify weaknesses, and they attack that weakness. And that's what Kansas State did. They, they identified the OU linebackers as a big-time weakness and said, here we come. And um, other coaches will do the same thing now. Now, not in the same ways, but they're definitely going to, they're going to attack that, that, o, that, that linebacking core. And I don't know what what Venable's can do about it. You mentioned, uh, you know, I got to thinking. You know, Justin Harrington is a converted DB. He clearly is not great at the ch- cheetah position. They they trotted out Canick there for that uh, the last uh, second half after Deshaun White got got ejected. But I would assume Harrington can fare better in space than what we saw Saturday night. So. I, I do think they might look at some other options at linebacker and and you know try to try to fortify the defense that way, uh, but you know, but it's going to be a problem. There's not any question, and um, you know Texas doesn't really run the quarterback that much. Um, West Virginia doesn't. Uh, Tech Tech does with Donovan Smith. There's another one that's a total load. So um, you know. The, the, I'd say, what do they got? They got eight games left. You know, five times the rest of the season, it's going to be a problem. So they got to figure out how to how to stop the quarterback run game and the quarterback scramble and 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 getting people to uh, to not be uh, put on an island where they're trying to tackle a superior athlete.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do anything differently. You you mentioned uh, you know Justin Harrington. Uh, Deshaun White obviously has some positional flexibility. Do you, you know, move him, um, you know, into that spot where, where David Aguebu is, and and shuffle some things around to get either Harrington on the field more or or, or Jaron uh if they feel like he's ready for more extended time. But uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of options for them to to shift things around over there to uh, to to make this thing uh, work. Uh, for for sure, uh, Justin. Let's go to the offensive side though, and um, you know they the numbers were good over there. The numbers have been good, but it, they haven't been able to get out to uh, quick starts at all. It's sort of almost the opposite of what we we saw with the Sooners the last couple of years when they would get off to quick starts offensively and then uh, you know fade a little bit later in times, but. Uh, they've got to figure out a way to to get this this offense going early, because these there's a lot of these quick drives that are only three or five plays uh, right out of the gate and not doing much of anything, and then all of a sudden your defense is on the field, your defense gets on the field again, and uh, can get them sort of behind the eight ball really quickly. Yeah,
2: we've seen games where where the offensive line takes a while to get going. We've seen games where the the run game starts to take a while. We saw this past game against Kansas state where Dylan Gabriel was was struggling to kind of, you know, find his accuracy in the beginning there and really throughout the game, he had a few uncharacteristically inaccurate passes, but yeah, I mean, definitely when you, when you fall behind like that, especially in the big 12, like we've been talking about when all of these teams are competitive, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to dig yourself out of that and even just kind of making careless mistakes. You know, if you get a, A false start and now you're you're starting off at a at a first and 15 you know i mean you're just you're making it harder for yourself and that's definitely something that they've you know are gonna have to address because like you said you you can't be falling behind against these sort of teams because you're gonna have to end up paying for it more times than not
0: barry what do you feel like they can do to to sort of get that Uh, jump-started and and get that heading in the right direction, and how big of a concern is that, that they have uh, have started so slowly the last three games?
1: I think that is uh, first-world problems. Um, The overall production of the offense has been very good and exactly what you need. They could have scored 70 at Nebraska. Um, So, um, yeah, they got off to the slow start, but who care? I mean, they ended up 12 possessions, four touchdowns, two field goals. That's winning football. That's, In fact, that's championship football, especially considering Kansas State's defense is the strength of the team. They weren't, they weren't a bunch of puds. The Kansas State offense isn't any good, but the defense is really good. So uh, I'm not worried about that that start thing for all I know, they're just feeling out uh, the, uh, the game plan and the opposition and all that. So um, I think that's just any criticism this week of the OU offense is just, uh, is just uh, deflecting criticism where it belongs. Um, I think, uh, I think Dylan Gabriel has been very good at quarterback. I think run games better than I thought it might be. And I think the receivers have been good. So, yeah, you want to score every time you get the ball, but um, I, I don't know what Jeff Levy's doing differently after a series or two. Maybe there's something you know in his in his game plan. Maybe it's something in his in his style. I don't know all those things, but it's to me it's not a critical problem. You know, a football game's a long, a long it's, it's a long stretch. It's sixty minutes. It's twelve possessions. It's it's multiple and multiple and multiple opportunities. And I'd a lot rather see them have a slow start and then finish strong, or or get strong and stay that way, than you know than a quick a quick start and, and not do much the rest of the game. So I, it doesn't it doesn't concern me at all. It doesn't worry me at all. Um, I think offense is uh, literally the least of OU's problems. We'll uh,
0: bring in Jenny for this jenny to what barry was saying why do you think it is that uh the, the offense and especially dylan gabriel is has gotten as much criticism as it has is it uh you know comparison to to former quarterbacks is it just the uh you know those uh throws that uh, he wasn't able to complete in critical times uh, the other night or is there something else going on there
3: Well, I mean, I wrote about Gabriel after the game the other night, and uh, Barry's right. That's not the issue. The defense is clearly the issue. But I think it is concerning that we saw Dylan Gabriel off uh, some to his own admission at at Nebraska, and it didn't bite him, uh, you know, in Lincoln, Uh, whether that's just because the Cornhuskers aren't, you know, good enough to make him pay or whatever – but then to be in critical situations and seemingly have plays where receivers are open, um, you know, it's schemed correctly, everything is exactly as it needs to be. And in that moment, the ball isn't where it's supposed to be. That, there, there are a few variables in that, but the biggest variable is what the quarterback does. So to have moments where um, you have to make a play and it's not made – I mean, is that some comparison to other quarterbacks? Probably to some degree, but it's also the difference between a good team and a great team. You know, you Brent Venable said after the game, you know, we were—I said something about we weren't—we weren't, um, we weren't uh, good enough, you know, in, in crucial situations. And you know, I think that it, I think that fits a lot of guys, but one of those guys is is Dylan Gabriel. So overall, I think he has been really good, and I think there's reason to think that. You know he can he can he can work on that fix that that won't be maybe the the thing we say all season about him um, because he has made some great throws. I mean look at that last touchdown he had against K State. He he makes a heck of a play with a defender coming at him. Um, had every reason not to get the ball to Braden Willis, but he delivers it. Score. It was a heck of a play. So it's obvious he can do it. I mean we know that, but he's got to deliver in those moments when. It's the difference between losing by a touchdown or forcing overtime or maybe winning by a touchdown. You know, that's where great quarterbacks really have to separate themselves.
0: And then uh, going back to to Justin, you know, we've talked a lot about penalties uh, the other night. They had critical ones on on both sides of the ball, but especially offense. Uh, Their most notably offensive line on a couple of uh, fourth down uh, plays. Where does that rank in the, the the hierarchy of problems right now for the Sooners? And you know, how do you feel like they're about their chances to to get that thing turned around and make that just a uh, a one week problem versus something that lingers? Yeah, I mean, like we've been saying, the defense is the main concern. Um, you know, but but penalties
2: are up there as well, just in terms of you can't be beating yourself. Oh, you, know? you need to be one of those teams where. The other team has to beat you, you know, and, and I mean, oh, you made a lot of mistakes that really, really cost them against Kansas State. You know, even even with the, the slow start on offense, even with the defensive problems, you know, they still only lost by a touchdown. And, you know, just those penalties might be the difference in a game like that. That's that close. So, I mean, there, there are bigger concerns, but penalties and just and beating yourself
0: up. It has to be up there as well. Yeah, they've, they've got to get those things fixed, especially up front. You know, we've seen uh, some of those issues uh, jump up there in the past. Some years they've been able to correct them, and it generally has been the years when their offensive lines have, have been, uh, you know, on the better end of the spectrum, and then uh, sometimes it's, it's lingered around. But certainly with this defense the way it is, uh, performing right now with the the offense, which is like Barry said, has been, uh, you know, very good on balance, but has missed some things, you know, they can't afford to give up, uh, give up anything, uh, any, any yardage, any plays, uh, any set of downs, uh, you know, maybe compared to how they have in the past. But, uh, that, so that's something they've, they've got to fix. And it's one of the, going to be one of the big focuses, uh, this weekend against TCU. Are they able to avoid those and, uh, you know, make the other team earn, uh, what they get, whether that's stops or, uh, or, uh, you know, offensive, uh, points, yards, scores, uh, things like that. So we'll see, uh, how, how that comes along, um, we're, we're four games into the season here, and uh, I wanted to ask you guys who's just real quick who's your offensive and defensive MVPs. We'll, we'll start off there, and then uh, go to the other side of things. Uh, let's start off with uh, with Barry there. Who's who's your offensive and defensive MVP so far for this team?
1: Oh, I'm going to say uh, Jalen Redmond on defense. I think he's been playing outstanding. Um, you know the OU. D-line D is still really good, and whatever whatever level of, of uh, top-flight defense they can reach is going to be because the defensive line is exceptional, and he's been playing the best, in my opinion. Uh, disruptive, he can play outside, inside, do all kinds of things. Um, on offense, uh, well, clearly the MVP is Dylan Gabriel, just because what's behind him. Um, but uh I actually think uh I think Dylan was a little bit hurt by the preseason when Jeff levy said his strength was was accuracy. Well, turns out he's not that accurate compared to the OU standard. I mean we're comparing we're looking at Baker mayfield and and Sam Bradford and people like that that always delivered the ball and it looks to him I mean, it's sort of like Jacko just said he doesn't really you know he doesn't hit on all of his passes. But he's still playing great quarterback, I think. No turnovers, and um, he's actually playing at a higher level of quarterback than what we saw from OU a year ago. Now, he doesn't have the home run plays that Caleb Williams had, although that 60-yarder against Nebraska is a home run. So I think he's, he's – I know he's the MVP, but I actually think he's a pretty good quarterback. Probably doesn't have the star potential that maybe we thought, but – um, but I think he's playing really well.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Barry. I, I uh, can't remember who I was talking to the other day, but basically said Dylan Gabriel isn't the guy who just delivers the jaw-dropping plays like virtually every other quarterback that the Sooners have seen, you know, since Baker Mayfield arrived on campus. But he he is solid, just just not flashy. And that, that certainly, uh, you know, has him struggling in comparison to, uh what, what the standard has become uh in Norman. What what about you, Jenny? Any uh anything different for you there on either side of the ball?
3: Yeah, I would say probably Dylan Gabriel is is the guy I would point to on the offensive side. You know, after I, I wrote about him over the weekend, um of course you get the extremes. Um you get the extreme of people that want to say, well, what are you doing blaming the players? You know, what's, ro- what, what's wrong with you? And then you get the uh, opposite side of that, that, you know, uh, everybody's a bum, including Dylan Gabriel. So the truth is somewhere in the middle and, and that the players have to make the plays. He maybe hasn't made as many as we've seen other players make, um, but he's still been really good. Um, Barry mentioned the, the run at Nebraska, and this is something he and I both asked uh, Saturday after the game was uh you know is Dylan Gabriel kind of a sneaky uh threat on the on the run and maybe should they use that a little more that's going to be I think an interesting thing to keep an eye on I don't think they're intending to run Dylan Gabriel a lot but he's been really pretty effective running the ball so that'll be interesting to see if they add that if enough if I had to pick somebody not the quarterback to be my offensive MVP I don't know I might go Marvin Mims he's been spectacular um if you, especially if you add in what he's done in the return game um Eric Gray has had his moments. He's been better than I thought he might be. He's he he definitely showed me some things against K State uh, on the defensive side. You know, until the K State game, uh, I might have argued for maybe Danny Stutzman. I thought he's run around and done some great stuff uh, during the during the non conference, but the linebackers were really suspect against K State. So that's an area of big concern for me. And I'm like Barry. I got to look at the defensive line for for that guy. And it's either Redmond or. Probably Reggie Grimes for me, if I look at the defensive line. Reggie was pretty silent against K-State, but he's been pretty spectacular otherwise. So definitely an area of strength for the Sooners.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think I certainly echo what you said, especially about Eric Gray. I think he's been a whole lot better than I expected. I, you know, did not sort of I didn't really think of him as an every down back uh, going into the season just based on what we saw last year. You know, we saw him be really good in some space, but when he didn't have that space, he really struggled. But, I mean, heck, he's uh, he's almost matched his rushing total uh, from a year ago, uh, you know, just here through four games. And, um, it, you know, I think he's going to continue to be a, a, a big part of this offense. You know, we'll see what happens with Marcus Major. We'll see if uh, Javante Barnes winds up playing a role, although didn't see him on the field uh, offensively. Uh, last week um, against Kansas State. So I, I think that speaks to where things stand for him right now. But uh, I think Eric Gray has been fantastic, even though I agree with uh, everything the two of you have said about uh, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, Justin, uh, you have any uh, any uh, differences or uh, a- agree with anybody? Yeah, I think, I think generally my, my guy on defense would be
2: Reggie Grimes, you know, for all the reasons we stated, but it's someone, I mean, who deserves. Billy Bowman has, has been really good for them. This leads the team in broken up passes. He's got 33 tackles. You know, he deserves some recognition if he's not necessarily my guy. And then on offense, aside from Gabriel, like we've been talking about, Eric Ray has, has really been solid for this in three of the four games. He's had over 100 rushing yards. He's actually on pace to finish with just under 1,500 total yards of offense this season, which, I mean, is far more production than I think we would have imagined he would have given this team able to keep that up. So those are two guys that just maybe not at the top of the list but definitely deserve some recognition.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Billy Bowman uh, you know, continues to grow. I think sometimes missed tackles have been a bit of an issue with him. You know, obviously those things are really going to stand out when you're uh, playing in the secondary, but uh, probably needs to uh, clean that up a bit. But certainly he's played, uh, you know, as, as strong as anybody has on the back end of that defense. Uh, what about the, what about the other side? And, and Justin, I'll start keep keep it with you here. Who have been, you know, maybe a guy on on each side of the ball who maybe hasn't lived up to what you expected them to be uh, before the season?
2: Yeah, you know, I think one guy on offense just that was really expecting to kind of have a breakout year, at least be one of those guys, is Jalou Farouk. You know, with the way he ended last season, you were thinking maybe he was going to be able to come out here and carry that momentum. You know, the ball hasn't really found him too much. I thought he he had one of his better games, if not his, his best game, um, against Kansas State. So he's still he's still getting things going, but a bit of a slower start for him than I anticipated. Um, and then on defense – you know, I, I guess you can go with with a number of guys You know, at the linebacker spot. Um, you know, a guy like like Deshaun White has had his struggle. You know, some people like that in the secondary, um, you know, the secondary has had his problems as well. So there's a few of them. But
0: I guess those those are just a few that come to mind. Yeah. Uh, uh, what about you, Jenny? Same question.
3: Yeah, you know, I would probably go with uh, David Aguebu on the defensive side, and a lot of that has to do with, it's it's recency biased, I'll freely admit. Um, saw him taking some not great, in fact, pretty terrible angles last week against K-State. Uh, I think he still might have led the team in tackles, but, man, some big yardage that uh, he had a chance to uh, keep from happening and didn't see that. And a veteran guy, you know, a guy that you – I kind of expected to have uh, more impact earlier um, and Stutzman kind of moved into that role a little bit. And then, you know, to have things that pop up and it's, it's not good stuff. So that's been a little bit of a surprising on offense. um, I don't know if there's any one guy would say, um, I I mean, I think most of them have, have done fairly well. Um, Maybe expected Theo Weiss to have a little bit bigger impact a little earlier. Uh, in the past game, but he hasn't been bad. I just thought maybe after he returned that we'd really see sort of a big early, um, you know, sort of explosion of of catches from him. So I'm interested to see if that uh, picks up as the season goes on.
0: Yeah, you know, I certainly expect bigger things from Theo Weiss as it goes on, you know, to what Justin said about Jalil Farouk. I think he's finally starting to to find his role, find his groove in this offense. I, I think... That's going to continue uh, to uh, be a be a, a focus uh, for them to get Jaleel Farouk involved. We've seen the speed that he has, and uh, yeah, I, I thought Saturday against K State was his best game of his career, probably topping that uh, that Alamo Bowl win against Oregon was sort of his coming out party a little bit. But uh, Barry, anything uh, different from you there?
1: Uh, you know what? I'll throw out one, you, Morris. Um, offensive tackle. This guy made 19 starts at Tennessee. Transferred to OU and, you know, really never got out of the starting block last year. This year was supposed to be different. He gets himself into some some off-field issues, so he's he's not available the first couple of weeks. Makes a start Saturday, played most of the game. I think you said he came out one play, I think, maybe. Anyway, but he gets the false start on the fourth and one. They flagged Braden Willis for it, but it was Wanya Morris who jumped, and Willis jumped because Morris jumped. Um, uh, somebody with that kind of pedigree, uh, you you got to expect more. So I think uh, I, I think he needs to play a lot better to get the uh, offensive line to where it could be. On defense, um, I guess, uh, you know, I'll go with any of the linebackers. Boo, I guess, is the guy you go with. Um, you know, you talked about Jacko talked about the angles and those things, and that's completely true. He just looked a little lost. Um, he's played quite a bit of football, so I guess you have to salute Alex Grinch for hiding his weaknesses. We didn't know he was so overmatched, but man, he was he was overmatched Saturday night. Yeah, he he definitely was.
0: I, I do think though that that Wanya Morris, when he's been on the field outside of that penalty that you mentioned. Um, and I think he had one more. Um, uh, the other last week against uh, Nebraska in the, his first game of the season. I think Wanya e. Morris has clearly been an upgrade for them uh, on, on that offensive line. And I'm, I'm curious to see how that continues to go uh, moving forward. If they finally you know solidify into a, a, a solid unit or if uh, the the cracks keep showing there. But I think certainly uh, Morris has been better than Tyler Guyton was, although Guyton I don't think was horrible. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I think they need certainly more out of guys like Anton Harrison and uh, even Andrew Rame at center uh, there to to have success. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens starting uh, Saturday, uh, against TCU. And uh, really quick, we'll wrap it up uh, with this, guys. Uh, what's your pick uh, for Saturday? How do you see this game going down? If you've got your score already, feel free to throw it out there. Uh, let's start with uh, Justin for this one.
2: Yeah, I don't have a, a score yet for it. I would say OU, if I had to put a number on it right now, maybe 35 to 31 um, I think it'll be a close one. You know, there's definitely, like we had talked about, um, there's problems with the linebackers that TCU is definitely capable of of exploiting on offense. But, you know, in, in general, I, I do trust OU's offense to be able to put up points. Um, you know, I, I still think they, they played good enough on offense against Kansas State to win that game, and Kansas State's one of the better defenses. So I'll give it to OU by – about four points, so i to guess.
0: All right, Justin, I I put that in the file in case you want to keep that for your uh, uh, pick. I uh, already forgot the weekend, so thought, but <laughs> what's that? I already forgot it.
2: I made it up on this.
0: One. Okay, well, that's what I put it in there, so you, gotcha. you you know what it is if you want to stick with it. It's that stuff. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, and then uh, Jenny, what do you, what do you got?
3: Well, I already had mine picked, and Justin nearly hit me hit my pick on the head. I had thirty four thirty one ou <laughs> Um, I think it's going to be close. Frankly, I think all five Big 12 games are going to be really tight this week. Um, you know, even a game like West Virginia-Texas, just because, you know, Texas loses at Tech last week. West Virginia's got, you know, everything. Uh, what are they? You know, they're going to go to Austin and play free, and Texas is probably thinking, crap, if we lose this game, then we got OU. We could start, you know, conference play with an over for a while. So lots of pressure on Texas to win, but Back to OU, I do think it's going to be a close game, um, but I think the fact that OU's coming off that loss and a defense that you know has got to be feeling like it wants to show itself, um, I think that I think they'll I think they'll stand up and and, and be better. I think it's going to be um, a tough week, uh, maybe to to beat Oklahoma. Not saying that they had you know uh, one of the top five teams or something on the country on their schedule that they wouldn't wouldn't lose there too, but I think this is a game where they go and win, motivated to uh, show that last week maybe wasn't uh, wasn't who they were defensively.
0: And then, uh, well, uh, I'll uh, tease it a little bit. My score is is really similar to the first two that we've heard. But what about you, Barry? What do you what do you got?
1: Well, I think I'm. Uh, I went in search of a Big Twelve upset special, and a couple of the games are so tight that there's not a possibility of an upset. So that limited my options. Uh, Do I think Tech can win at K-State? Maybe, but probably not. Do I think West Virginia can win at Texas? Maybe, but probably not. Do I think TCU can upset OU? Maybe, but probably not. But I got to thinking, what if the the OU defense that we saw Saturday, what if that's just where OU's defense is? And if it is, then the Sooners are in trouble. So – I'm I'm thinking about taking the Horned Frogs in the upset. We've seen we've seen uh, the Frogs put up some points on the Sooners over the years. They've only beaten them once in the last uh, well since they came to the Big Twelve, I guess. So yeah, it doesn't happen very often. But but I think TCU is capable, and I think Max Dugan is a uh, is a very good quarterback. And if if the Sooners can't plug the plug the leak, then I think we could be headed for another upset. So uh, I'm leaning to taking TCU.
0: Yeah, and, and like I mentioned earlier, you know we've seen Max Dugan have a, a, a strong game against the Sooners. Um, you know back in 2019, threw for uh, what do you, we? He just threw for 65 yards. Struggled through the air, but did uh, have a good running game. 92 uh, yards on the ground, averaged almost eight yards a carry, with the touchdown in that uh, 28 to 24 uh, OU o- win last year. TCU scores 31 points uh, against the Sooners, you know, uh, and we've talked about the, the comparison between those defenses. I think certainly uh, TCU is going to put up some points on the Sooners. No reason. Not to think that after uh, you know what we saw uh, last week against Kansas State and specifically what the issues were defensively and how they relate to what TCU does well, but uh, I, I just think OU's offense is just a little bit too powerful in this one. I picked thirty-five to twenty-seven uh, Oklahoma. I just think uh, Dylan Gabriel and, and company figure it out. I think uh, Jalil Farouk continues to be a bigger part of this offense. Eric Gray plays solid, and the Sooners are able to uh, escape with yet another win in Fort Worth. Uh, you know, the last time they lost down there was the uh, infamous uh, Katy Perry game uh, for, for Trevor Knight after Katy Perry shouted him out in the, on game day. They lost uh, down there in 2014, but we'll see if the Sooners can avoid that same fate uh, down there. But uh, I'll be there, Justin, Jenny. We'll be there. Barry will be uh, heading on down the road uh, uh, not too far from us to Waco for oh, Oklahoma State's game uh, down there at Baylor. But, uh, you know, should be an interesting weekend of college football. We're going to uh, wrap it up there. But thank you so much for joining us on the, uh, the Sooners Extra uh, Twitter Spaces podcast, however you're taking it in. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week, and uh, you check our work out every day in the Oklahoman and uh, and at oklahoman.com for the best OU coverage anywhere. Have a good week. Thank you.